Welcome to the Thought Leadership Project, a podcast by Jay Harrington and Tom Nixon, exploring how lawyers can turn expertise into thought leadership and thought leadership into new business. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leadership Project podcast. I am your co-host, Tom. I'm here with my co-host, Jay. And Jay, today we have one of those meta episodes where we're in our podcast about or podcast for lawyers. We're going to talk about podcasting for lawyers. So very meta. Yeah, no, I'm I'm already trying to figure that one out. My mind's a little blown, but no, we're going to do this. And uh, I think it's a favorite topic for us and and hopefully it will be for our listeners as well. Yes. Cool. Well, um, we have, like I said, we have guests who launched their own podcast recently. We're going to talk through uh, and, and they're going to share their their journey with us, some things that they learned, um, the successes and failures. So that's going to be really exciting. But before we do, we have to do our, our, our new opening segment, which you stumped me with, which was underrated or overrated. So I'm going to stump you. This is completely unscripted, unprepared. You're going to have to react in real time to the following question, which is hashtags on LinkedIn, overrated or underrated? That's a good one. Uh, I'd, I'd probably say overrated. I, I don't know. That might be my own bias because I don't really use them. So I guess that's probably should be, should be shared first, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much relevance they have, and particularly since, you know, I'm thinking through my own experience. But I like the I like the real estate that you can use to create content as opposed to adding hashtags. Um, so I don't know how many people are actually following hashtag content, um, and I think that it's one of those tips to me that uh, is banter- bantered about when there's not necessarily other things to say about the platform. So it's like a quick, easy tip that you can deliver to someone, but I don't know how much value there is in it, right? So people sometimes spend too much time on things that don't really matter. And my impression is that hashtags are one of those areas that that don't really matter all that much. If you can focus on creating better content within the real estate, within the character constraints that LinkedIn allows, um, I think that's far better value than adding, you know, a series of hashtags to your post. So overrated. Yep. Yeah. I think philosophically I'm with you. Uh, but the reason I post it to you is because you never use hashtags and I almost always use hashtags and I don't even know why. Well, I do know why, because they're very effective on Twitter. I have people that find me via, uh, it's obvious they're following a hashtag or searching for a particular uh, area of conversation. And that's how they find me, whether it's related to what I do for work, or what I do for fun. So, um, the other reason I sometimes employ them is because, you know, when you're using a hashtag, it's similar to a link in a post where you get the blue text. And I'm just hoping that maybe that will catch somebody's eye. Uh, but in terms of what a hashtag was designed for, which is to categorize conversations, I think they're pretty much useless. Um, not useless, but they're they're not as important on LinkedIn. And then just to finish my little get off my lawn speech on Facebook, people don't understand what they're for. And they think like a hashtag is where you put the punchline to your joke. Right. And that really annoys me. So anyways, uh, let's just go overrated all around then, shall we? Yeah, let's call it overrated. All right, cool. Well, let's bring in our guests. Uh, I'm really glad to be talking to two individuals who co-host a podcast called Into the Breach. And we're going to talk about what that is and who that's for in just a moment. But let's bring them in. We have Brian O'Keefe, who is also a partner at Seifarth Shaw based in Washington, D.C. And we have Jenna Usenheimer, who is also a partner at Seifarth, but she is based in the New York office. So welcome to you both. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. 
Yeah, well, let's dive right into it because people got to be wondering what a podcast called Into the Breach is about. Um, it's not obvious, but I know you have a sort of a parenthetical or subtitle to the podcast, which is the RWI podcast. So could you just for our audience who might not know what Into the Breach is and they don't know what RWI is, can you just explain, lay some groundwork, what is the podcast about, who it's for, and what's the format of the show? Yeah, sure. Thank you very much, Tom. We appreciate being on today to uh, talk, being on a podcast to talk about our podcast, which is a Seinfeld fan uh, seems certainly like Kramer's uh, coffee table uh, book about coffee tables. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's really, uh, it's really great to be here to discuss this. But um, to your uh, particular question, so um, RWI is a shorthand for uh, something called reps and warranties insurance. And uh, it's essentially a very complex insurance product that's used in mergers and acquisitions. Um, in the old days, there used to be uh, seller escrow accounts uh, as part of the deal um, to allow if the seller uh, breached one of its reps afterwards, the buyer could go to the escrow account and uh, attempt to collect out the escrow account. Um, this product is really come into vogue in the last five years, and essentially it's an insurance policy that gets underwritten against the purchase agreement in a deal. And so the, the seller is out of the, the game entirely, or they're out of, or they're out of the game at a reduced level um, if, if, if it's a split deal. Um, and then the buyer just uh, files a claim against the insurance policy if there happens to be a breach afterwards. And again, this is a very sophisticated product. It's used in a lot of uh, private equity deals, um, but it's become very, very popular in the last in the last five years. It's really taken off. It's been around longer than that, but it, the product has really exploded in that time. And Jenna and I have had the, the great fortune of um, starting a practice at SciFarth that is devoted to uh, representing the insurers in these deals. So we're not representing the buyer or the seller, we're representing the underwriting council. We serve as underwriter, underwriting council in the deals, representing the underwriters. And um, so we're uh, helping the insurers, uh, you know, look at the risks involved in, in these deals and underwrite these policies basically for them. So that's sort of where the, the origin, the substantive law origin of this uh, whole podcast came from and, um, and sort of what the background of it is. And then just real quick, topically, what might you cover? So the audience you mentioned, which we'll get to back to in just a second, but the audience is fairly niche. Uh, but what, what is the topic? What types of things are you trying to either demystify or decode for, for your audience? What is the content strategy, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, so... Um, so we don't we don't think there's any other law firm doing a podcast about reps and warranty insurance. Um, so uh, we were kind of pr proud to be the first one to to be a first law firm to kind of have this uh, sort of uh, uh, podcast out there. Um, most of our guests have uh, either been like insurer clients that we uh, are working with or people we we want to work with. Um, we've also invited on. Um, there's a, a niche area of brokers that are uh, very involved in this space that actually are the ones who sell the product. Um, they play a very important role in this. Um, they are very, very knowledgeable about the product and, and are really the kind of go-between. And um, we've had uh, brokers on to talk about various developments and things happening. And then I think what's interesting is in more recent episodes, we've uh, expanded it to some of some of the other kind of players involved. We actually just taped one yesterday with a guy who's developed a, a certain technology product that could be used in the deals. We 
have a one scheduled in the near future for a recruiter who's involved in helping place people in at these different shops. So it's sort of been something very um, just holistically about the the whole industry. And and I also think too the idea really came about um, because of the the pandemic. I actually think this was something that that really was was born because of COVID. There's a series of conferences that this industry has, and um, they're not having conferences anymore because there's there's uh, there's there's COVID, of course, and you know Jen and I were really brainstorming about how do we sort of stay in you know top of mind with these folks and, and be in front of them and not not uh, not be able to do that in person. And um, you know we both listened to a lot of podcasts and kind of landed on this uh, as a way to do that. Yeah, so I want to follow up on that because obviously this is a a narrowly focused podcast. I mean, this is not, I know from Brian and Jenna from prior conversations with you, this is not a huge, you know, it's a, it's a niche industry. It's not like a massive marketplace. And it might sound counterintuitive to some people when thinking about creating some thought leadership platform, whether that be a book, an, an article or blog, or in this case, a podcast where you're, you're thinking that the route to success might lie in garnering the largest audience possible, but you guys really went more for a niche approach. So I guess take us back and in, in thinking about the strategic underpinnings of this podcast, did you guys have concern about going so niche with this? Um, were there some mental hurdles you had to overcome in thinking about how you wanted to formulate this podcast? Well, I would say that even though it is sort of a, a niche industry and there's, it's not a broad, maybe, you know, as broad as some other podcast subjects, topics might be, I don't really think that we had that much concern. I mean, the goal of it was really to reach our target audience, right? So underwriters, brokers, lawyers, possibly people who are companies that are looking for the insurance product to learn more about it. So for us, it was really a perfect fit for um, the people who might be interested in hearing the information on the podcast. I would say my biggest concern, frankly, was that, you know, we might have content for like four or five podcasts and then, you know, what would we do then? But actually, like the more we tape it and the more podcasts we do, the more interesting it is, the more fun it is, at least for me as a host. And it's like an unending amount of subjects. I mean, Brian and I are always shooting off ideas to one another. We just have a long list. So anytime, you know, we can't get a guest or it gets busy and people, you know, it's not enough time to record on the podcast. We have like a whole list of backup subjects and people who can come on and speak about things and be interested are interesting to our audience. So it actually has worked out really well in that respect. Yeah. And, and Brian, I know in this case, are we, we're thinking about, you know, when we're, when we're talking about formulating a podcast, it's really about tying your, your podcast to your business development goals, right? I've, I've had conversations with, with other lawyers who are thinking about podcasts and they, they have topics that might be of personal interest to them. And that's perfectly fine. But if you, um, if you really want to use this platform as a, as a tool to develop relationships and new business, uh, this approach where you're tying it closely to your practice yourself uh, or itself is, is the, right approach, I think, in most instances. Has that been your experience, Brian? Yeah, I, I agree uh, 100% with that. I think that, um, you know, this was, uh, you know, Jen and I started this practice at Cypher from, from nothing a couple of years ago. Um, but, you know, we made a commitment that we wanted to really build this out. We thought there was a great opportunity. We, I had worked on um, a lot of 
deals representing the insured before um, and still do and Jenna had as well. And so we were very familiar with this and we thought that there was a real opportunity here. And then, yes, I think that the trying to tie the podcast around a very specific business uh, development plan was critical. And I think, I think we actually both say this too, that it, it, it takes less time to do this. I mean, if you write an article, um, you know, it takes a lot of time usually to write an article, even if you're having someone else help you with it and you edit it and then you have to pitch it and all, you know, all this other sort of stuff. And that's not to say that writing articles is bad. I still write articles, um, or going to conferences. I mean, you, have to divert a certain number of days to doing it and going there and networking and, and the whole nine yards. And I think that that's all important, but this is actually a fairly easy way for us to get, uh, you know, FaceTime, direct time with people we want to be talking to. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it's, it, the show's a half hour. It takes about an hour from beginning then to tape the whole thing. And, and then it's done and we're off doing other things during the day. And we have some really great content and some really uh, some really, you know, stuff we can share with our audience. So I think it, you can tie it to business development. And I actually think it's a really easy, um, you know, business development thing, especially for somebody to, who maybe you know, they don't like going to conferences and sitting at the little party with the wine glass and the cheese and all that sort of stuff. Even when you can do that stuff, like you don't have to do that. You just get on and you talk to somebody for a half hour and then it's over. And then you got a great product in, Oftentimes your guests are kind of flattered. You want them to come on and talk with them about this. So, yeah, well, I, I definitely admire your, I'm going to call it courage and your foresight to say, to recognize that yes, our audience is niche, but our goal is not to gain internet celebrity as attorneys. Our goal is to service a niche community. And this is just another way to do that. And I, it, it's a stumbling block, believe it or not, for people who are getting started. They, the fear is who's going to listen to this, it's, right? And so we try to encourage as best we can that just acknowledge that it's not for everyone, but who it is for is going to love the content. And Jenna, I wanted to go back to something that you said relative to content um, and speak more broadly about hurdles because you said you, you thought that maybe finding guests would be a hurdle, but it turned out uh, that you were at no loss for content, no loss for guests. But what were some of the unexpected hurdles that did pop up early on, if you don't mind sharing, now that you've cleared them, if you to sit down with another attorney who was considering starting a podcast, you might just warn them about or say, consider this now so you don't have to deal with it later. I mean, happily, our partnership with you and Jay and my partnership with Brian has made it pretty smooth from my standpoint. I mean, if I was going to sit down with an attorney who is trying to come up with a podcast idea, I would warn them that there's a little bit of an upfront investment in technology. And it's a good idea if you have a co-host to make sure that you have like a a rapport and you can have an easy way of talking over zoom to make sure that that goes well but i feel like that's been really very smooth with uh on our podcast brian i mean i'm i would imagine you feel the same way and that would be the biggest hurdle i would think for someone who's starting out doing it and maybe i don't know brian can you think of anything else i don't really think we've had too many um uphill battles yeah i, I yeah i agree with that i think that um outsourcing some of the logistics, um, you know, around, you know, getting the music and all the other, the intro thing. I mean, that can all be outsourced very, very easily in a, in a very low cost in the green scheme of things. And I think that's actually is a good thing is, uh, unless you're a lawyer who's also a sound engineer, which is probably a very rare combination. Um, it's probably best to outsource the things we don't do well. Um, I think the other thing too, is just, 
I guess almost a little bit like a mental block. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts and I would think like, oh, like, why well, can't do that? And then it's sort of like, well, like, why not? I mean, like, why can't I do that? I mean, this is, uh, it's not like, you know, growing up, um, you know, if I wanted to be on the radio, you have to go like buy a radio station or something, right? I mean, that this is very accessible, actually. Um, and especially if you're kind of willing to outsource some of the logistics, um, I, I think it's, uh, it's all very doable. And I, I do agree. I think that also finding somebody who you have a great rapport with, um, I think does help a lot because you know, you're obviously going to be working on this together. And I think that can also be very important. And Brian thinks I'm funny, or at least he laughs at my jokes, which is like <laughs> half the battle. So I think he laughs <laughs> even at if my he jokes. doesn't, I do. I laugh. <laughs> so That's even if he I, doesn't think I'm funny, he I, laughs. I force myself to laugh at Jay's jokes too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank you for that, Tom. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right. From what you guys have been saying, it, it's clear it, to me, at least, and I think it will be to everyone that you've you've considered this to be a worthwhile effort so far. And you're only, I mean, a couple months into this, uh, maybe maybe three months in, if if memory serves. But maybe for you know listeners who maybe thinking they may be on the fence themselves about whether a podcast could be worth it. Um, is there anything you can share in terms of um, some of the, you know, results that you've had, uh, whether that be again, d- developing relationships or just other things that may have been expected or unexpected in the process that might just help people to contextualize, you know, what is the potential return on investment from spending the time and effort in doing this? Well, I think the potential um, is really very high. It's absolutely worth um, going forward with a podcast. The thing that I think has been most surprising, which Brian touched on, is that guests are so excited to be on the podcast and they're like so honored to receive the invitation. And, you know, it we think of it as just this little podcast that we're putting together, but it's just the same as anybody else's podcast that's out there on Apple Podcasts, right? So it's, and it's a lot of free marketing for the people who want to come on the podcast and our guests. So it's, it's really like a win-win-win for everybody involved. Brian, what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, um, I mean, I can remember one that we did, uh, and I, I think you remember it, Jenna, where we had a person on, on a Thursday afternoon and on Friday, you know, they sent us an email and gave us some new deals. Um, you know, I mean, it was like a direct, a direct line. Um, and so I think that that has happened. And I think it's also helped us really burnish our reputations as uh, people who can do this work and, and be in the industry. Um, you know, we were on a, on a call recently with a broker uh, and they like, it was somebody we hadn't, the we work with the brokerage firm. We hadn't worked with this individual broker. And they said, like, one of the first things they said, they're like, oh, you guys have the podcast. <laughs> like, oh, wow. and, and we were sort of like, oh, yeah. But it was clear, like, you know, he had heard about this and it had given us, you know, this credibility. And, you know, again, like we worked on many, many, many deals uh, to understand what this product is and how it needs to work. Um, but it's it's interesting that sometimes being seen as a thought leader and in, in having a podcast and obviously being able to talk about this a lot um, can really help, you know, let other people also sort of see your see your knowledge, I guess, in a way that's pretty difficult to, to come across in other venues. So, 
I think yeah. it's important, sorry, to um, pick up on something that Brian said earlier is that especially now in COVID when we don't have an opportunity to be together, seeing someone else on Zoom and having a conversation I just feel like really solidifies like, oh, I know that person and your relationship and the connection you feel with them much more than just being a voice on a conference call. Um, and so it really has helped in that way. And I feel like when we see these people in the future, in real life and in conferences, we'll f I at least will feel like I know them a lot more than I might have otherwise felt. True, true. And I, all I was going to say earlier was I was going to take back everything I said about you guys not gaining internet celebrity because you're being <laughs> recognized right. on That's the streets. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, Brian, something you said earlier, as myself, a self-described introvert who is the person at the cocktail party standing, hiding behind the punch bowl or the coat rack or something, because I'm afraid to talk to people. Um what you said earlier about you getting deals out of this, what I love about podcasting in general is that you don't, you didn't have to ask for the deals afterwards. You didn't conclude your episode, stop recording, say, okay, now what kind of deals do you have for me? These naturally come and it partially it's because of what Jenna just mentioned It's because these are natural conversations that are very humanizing in a way that a cold call or an email is not. And that people are flattered to get on a zoom because they feel like they are achieving some sort of celebrity by being on a podcast. So are you finding that, deals come more naturally or conversations happen more naturally and you don't have to be the guy constantly pitching your wares. Yeah. I think that's a hundred percent right. I think it, it's also very consistent with Jenna and I sort of, uh, I think business development philosophy. Um, you know, we, we have certainly have a, a certain way of kind of approaching this. That's actually not at all. Um, you know, cold, we don't cold call anybody about this. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's insurers, there's insurers too, who um, we talk to them for a long time before they hire us for a deal. Um, you know, it's, it's not something that happens overnight. This is a very complicated product. We understand that there's a lot of money on the line for the insurers. We're talking, you know, the policy limits, you know, 10, 20, $30 million on upward. Um, so we know that these, you know, this isn't just something that they're handing off to anybody they meet at a party who gives them a business card. And I think that being able to really prove our knowledge on that um, really, you know, that we really know what we're talking about because we can talk about this on a podcast really helps. And, and I think too, I think Jenna and I, it, it would not um, be obvious perhaps in even how we're talking right now, or if you listen to our podcast, I think both of us would say we're sort of introverted in a lot of ways and don't yes. really like going to the we go to yes. the cocktail parties sometimes we talk to each other and we know that's like not what you're supposed to do yeah. um, but you know but this is actually a format that feels very natural to us and we can we do this yeah. and it feels like fun and it works for us and that's half of i think also the business development battle is finding the things that you're really good at and focusing on those and not you know not always focusing on things that that you're, you know, that maybe aren't your strengths. I think this is a strength of ours. And, um, you know, it, it just fits very naturally with how we kind of do business development in general. Yeah. And I'll just build on that with one point when we think about, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly that the the direct relationship that can be built with one's guests uh, is is extremely valuable. And then on top of it, you know, as you do, you know, building a huge audience necessarily isn't the goal, but the, those that do listen to your podcast also start to become uh, people who 
feel like they've developed a relationship with you, even just by listening to the show, right? So, so you know, the, all of those people in your industry that are listening and not necessarily appearing on the show, they'll be more inclined to have those conversations with you in the future as well. So it's it really serves both sides of the coin uh, in terms of direct relationships with guests and, and, you know, the starting point of a relationship with the listeners as well. Yeah, yeah. no, I completely agree. And I, I know the, uh, I listened to your guys' podcast for a long time before I actually talked to you on the phone. I felt like I was talking to celebrities whenever I talk about internet <laughs> celebrities, whenever I actually first talked to you. And so I, yeah, I think that that definitely happens because you've built a certain intimacy through hearing people's voices and their jokes and other things that, just doesn't come across the same way when you're reading like a article that they wrote about some, especially some legal topic that's usually boring to begin with. So exactly. I also think too, that is, I say that a little tongue in cheek, but I think that's also something we've done with our podcast. You know, we're talking about a really serious subject, this corporate M&A insurance product. Um, we tried to make this fun. We try to be lively. We we are not, don't take this too seriously. Um, you know, it's not to say we're not talking about serious things, but I think that we, you know, try to make this a conversational, lively podcast. And it, it, you know, it's not like we're, uh, you know, like reading boring news or something. Like we're really trying to make this a conversation and make it fun. I think that's also been a, a really key part of our uh, ingredients here. So. You do have a, a great rapport, the two of you, and then the two of you with your guests. And it's because of that. And it's funny, the three of us, four of us all say we're introverts and we come on this format and we all feel like we're, you know, perfectly natural. Everyone thinks I'm an extrovert because I act on stage and I was in a band and I was on stage. I do things like this, but this allows us to exercise our extrovert extroversion, doesn't it? Totally. And without the sort of like exhaustion and like feeling that drained feeling that comes after a couple of hours in a cocktail you are, party. You right? are an introvert. Yeah. The fact that you said that, I know. I can confirm. Yeah. Well, listen. <laughs> That's because we all create an outline of what we're going to talk about too, right? So <laughs> we don't have to have that conversation where you're just making small talk. So that's right. Yeah, definitely helps. Cool. Well, we'll ask you to plug the podcast in just a second, but I wanted to go back to the beginning where you heard us talk about the overrated, underrated thing with this new kind of pre-segment that Jay and I do. The very first one, you know, Jay laid it on me about two minutes before we were ready to record that he was going to do this and I had no idea what it was. And so I had to react in real time to the following over overrated or underrated. I'm going to ask you guys to do the same. So overrated or underrated, here it goes back to your coffee table book about coffee tables, Brian. <laughs> Podcasting for lawyers, overrated or underrated? Well, I want to say underrated, but I don't want other lawyers to be our competition. So I'm going to say absolutely appropriately evaluated in the marketplace. Very well done. Thank Brian? you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely underrated. And I think, um, you know, uh, I think what is interesting about it is, 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 I don't want to say it's a ground floor opportunity because I think there are a lot of podcasts out there, obviously, but um, I think it's going to be a much bigger thing in, in the years to come. And so I think now is a great time for people who may be uh, on the fence. It's like anything else. You just have to get out there and do it. And um, I think you'd find a lot of success with it and really enjoy it. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you both for joining us today. That was a, that was a great conversation. Uh, and I want to wrap up by allowing you the opportunity to just Give, point people in the right direction to find out more about you guys and your podcast. So are there any links you want to send people to or, or ways that they can connect with you to, to learn more? 
Well, uh, it's on the uh, the podcast Apple Store thing into the breach. You can find it. You can search easily. for it. Yeah. For it, and then rwipodcast.com um, as well as a URL that we have out there, and it will redirect you over to the Cyforth website. Um, and then both of us are. Uh, uh, active on LinkedIn and people can reach out to us there. And, um, you know, we're, we're posting a lot of content about the, the product in general, but also post uh, new information about the, the show there too. And if you just search uh, into the breach and Cypharth, which is the name of our law firm, it'll pop up. There's lots and lots of ways that you can find us. But if you find us, you have to give us five stars. <laughs> Great. Well, that answers my question about whether your podcast is overrated or underrated. Uh, only rated five stars or more. Only rated five stars. That's yes. right. Yep. Okay. Great. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Uh, if you think our podcast is overrated or underrated, let us know. Send us a comment. Send us a topic idea. Until then, we'll talk to you guys and everyone next week on another Thought Leadership Project podcast. Thank you for listening to the Thought Leadership Project. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, visit thethoughtleadershipproject.com.